All right, it's the next episode of the USA Powerlifting Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Carrillo, and I have a very special guest and personal friend today, Ashton Ruska. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. And you know, as I was getting ready to do this pod with you, I was thinking back to when I first met you. And it was a long time ago, you were 16. And I know you remember you had moved to San Antonio from Alaska. And you know, I'd heard all about you. Uh, young stud, super, super strong. And you know, definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, you, you've been special since day one. When we were training together with Gene Bell there at the Olympic gym, rest in peace, Olympic gym, uh, quite a Mecca for some time for powerlifting. But, you know, I think a lot of people uh, that know you as the strong lifter you are, are today aren't really familiar with your origin story, if you will. You know, you're the hero now, but but what's your origin? I want to get started there so we can give some insight into Ashton, the man. Yes. Well, I was... Um... Raised in a military family, so I actually moved around quite a lot. My dad was enlisted in the Army for 21 years, um, so I've lived a lot of places. I was born in Tennessee, and I floated around throughout the South. Um, I've lived in Europe. I've lived in Asia, um, and then I started powerlifting, actually, in Alaska. Um, I started competitive powerlifting in Alaska yeah. back in 2013. I think that was my first meet, uh, the Alaska State Championship. But um, before that time, I had been lifting weights since actually I was 13 years old, and I participated in various sports. Uh, I played football. I um, wrestled. I did free and folk style. Um, I did Taekwondo while I lived in Korea. So just kind of a mixed bag of things. But, you know, once I started lifting at 13, kind of immediately fell in love with it, and I've just been doing it since. Um, Love is just as strong for it today as it was, you know, 11, 12 years ago. Um, it sounds crazy saying that out loud 11, 12 years ago. That's yeah. Started, yeah, man. But been that long. You still have the love for it. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know some people, you know, after they compete for a few years or even after just a couple of years, some people kind of, they get tired of it or it's not even that they get tired of competing. They just get tired of like injuries or training, or there's just other sort of things in their lives going on and they kind of drift away, which is, you know, I mean, natural. Yeah, life happens. And I mean, you're no exception. You've had quite a life. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Ashton is currently uh, pursuing his PhD. Uh, you're in the military, you're an officer, like you're you're balancing quite a lot as well as being a world class athlete. What's that like? It's not easy, you know? No, it's not easy. Um, it It's, uh, I don't know, there's this thing with me where I never ask for easy. So I always seem to receive hard, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, um, fortunately I'm able to sort of over time adapt, um, and just sort of balance the demands of everything. Um, and I think it's just sort of continual practice. It's starting from, you know, balancing things like when I was in high school, you know, balancing work with school, with, you know, training or with a sport. And then, you know, it, that evolved into, you know, college and ROTC and that evolved into commissioning in the army and, you know, going into a doctoral program. So, you know, it's, it was sort of a gradual build up to that. And over time, you sort of just build sort of a higher tolerance. Um, and you're just more yeah. adaptable and flexible if, if you really sort of specifically train your mind to do that. You have an expectation of excellence from a young age, and you've carried that through as you've progressed. And I think it's a really valuable topic to talk about because there's a lot of young lifters who will be listening to this. 
and they're going to be going through a lot of the same things. You know, I got into sport when I was 18. I'm on the, my 13th year, um, but I'm also not going to compete this year. Last year was kind of my last one for a good while because life happens and I want to reprioritize uh, my business and my career and building a family and travel. And, you know, that's okay. Um, but I'm 30, you know, I'm not 18. And I've known and experienced that as I got older, you know, priorities change, even with the passion that I had and the success that I had, you know, you come to a crossroads at time and you've obviously come to that crossroads a few times in your life where you had to make a conscious decision that I'm going to keep excelling at school and in the military and in training and at work. And that's, it's a skill you learn, right? That's what it sounds like it was. And you started doing that at a young age. So like, what do you think is the most important thing for the young folks or maybe the older, older, I'm 30, but people a little further down their journey who may be having this struggle at this time? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, especially if you're younger, I think a great piece of advice would sort of to be to start small and, you know, just manage, you know, a couple of things, manage a juggle, juggle a couple of things and kind of take the approach I did and you can gradually add more. You'll gradually, you know, sort of um, your, your responsibilities will gradually grow and you'll be more accustomed to it. You'll be used to it rather than kind of throwing yourself off into the deep end, you know, sometime later. Um, but even then, I think that, you know, is useful advice for anybody, really, um, especially if, you know, not necessarily saying like you're starting from scratch, but if you have a lot of sort of goals that you want to do for your life, you know, um, it's good to sort of take it, you know, especially when you're starting out in sort of a digestible, um, you know, format. You don't want to overload yourself too too much too early and you kind of scare yourself off from, you know, from responsibility and from, you know, doing a lot of great things. Um, so really starting sort of small and in a digestible way, I think, is really important and gradually building that that skill, that aptitude, because it is kind of like a skill, you know, it's not, I don't think it's this thing that's just, you know, innate. I mean, some people are naturally better at it than others, but I think that all the people who are, you know, extraordinary or great at it, you know, um, definitely put in a lot of the practice on, you know, the front end and throughout the years. Yeah. Just like training. Right. And speaking of training, my man, it's been incredible to see you progress over the years. I remember, you know, when you gave single ply a shot and seeing you do that. And then when you went, you know, fully with the raw thing, how incredible your trajectory has been. And you've trained in a really unique way. You've competed in a really unique way. Uh, you just got off the first pro series event where you won a, a few bands, which was good to see. So <laughs> yes. it, your, your, your strength is truly, truly special. And I know you hear that all the time, um, but let's get some insight to that. What was the progress like? When did you know, when did things click? that what you were doing you were in a class above everyone else and that you knew you wanted to to keep pursuing it at the level that you have that's a great question um honestly i'll take you back to 2014 when i went to uh worlds and uh or Shaza hungry yeah. um i think that was sort of one of the defining moments for me in powerlifting like you know like it, um and that was a single by me by the way yeah. um and i had one you know the meat and I had skipped my last, my second deadlift and put it for the win on my third deadlift. And I was like really raw. It was like 683 or something. I was, you know, this young high school kid. Um, and it was just so fun. And, you know, it was such a great experience, but it was also amazing because that win meant so much to me, you know, not because, not only because it was a world championship, that was a huge part of it, but also because, you know, like 
it had all went down to, you know, that last sort of deadlift. I put all my chips in, you know, all the training, all I had done over the years had all yeah. led up to that moment. And I got to see it all come to fruition and I won on body weight. Um, it's always and, the most dramatic, fulfilling win. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. And there was one other moment that was really like that for me. Um, 2017 Raw Nationals, when I won the Open 93, I was, I was 20, I was, I think I was like 20 years old at the time. Yeah, I think I was 20 years old. Um, and I had won the Open 93s. And I had beat, you know, Ellis McLean, who was, you know, a total powerhouse that year. Um, and same thing, last deadlift, one on body weight, um, you know, and then that was like, wow, I might really sort of, you know, have a future like in this, you know, raw power. <laughs> <laughs> and and look at you now. I mean, the incredible feats that we've seen and really in training, I mean, your your competition numbers, they're great. But like we've seen some bigger lifts in training and it's been cool to mm-hmm. see you put that out there and then you know you've shown up to some meets and you I, there was a period of time maybe pre-covid where you were you were competing like i felt like once a month or so it was getting kind of <laughs> crazy and but that, that's a really cool thing to see though like the whole train how you fight mentality that has helped athletes succeed throughout their career you were tr- training while you fought almost right yeah um no that's a great way to describe it like I, I did like this, these string of meets, you know, and at each meet I would sort of, you know, put in sort of varying levels of effort. Um, so, you know, some meets I would do like six attempts, you know, or, you know, seven attempts, some meets I would, you know, do a full nine. Um, and I would usually have sort of specific like target or goal ranges for each meet. It was really methodical and organized, but it was also like, um, because I train, you know, this is the way, like, I mean, you meant you alluded to it earlier, the way that I train, you know, like every Saturday, you know, I wake up every morning, go do my SBD Saturday and, yeah. you know, um, lift heavy. And you just do that and you get accustomed, you grow accustomed to it. It actually becomes relatively easy competing a little more often. You can just show up for the, I mean, theoretically, you show up for the day, you know, you're going to lift heavy anyway. Yeah. You're going to do in the meat that, you know, in training. Uh, the only sort of variable that's different is you're just, you're doing it in a meet, you know, with some, um, judges who are going to give you whatever commands but if you plan the numbers and they're well within your means the, the odds of you missing are just like you know extremely low so um and you were using it as a tool to get stronger i mean I, you were calculated yeah. you were very methodical as you said and sure enough I, i'd say that it worked and an advantage living in texas where there's basically a meet every every other week so you know maybe not possible yeah, for yeah. some folks if you're like in arkansas or something but very interesting Exactly. Yeah. If you have access to it, you know, and you already train that way, it's, it's, you know, particularly easy to take advantage of that system. Yeah. Um, How are you training now? I mean, that, that was like before you moved out to the East coast and you're in Maryland now, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're at Maryland area. So I live in, um, um, very much towards the South of Maryland. I live in Rockville. And so okay. Rockville, Bethesda, North Bethesda are sort of, you know, a part of this this um, DMV uh, consortium. So DMV, you know, if, if for the listeners who don't know, that's DC, Maryland, Virginia area, Northern Virginia. Um, so, I mean, I live like like 13 minutes away from the Virginia state line. Um, oh, okay. Well, how, how's training now? So that was, you know, pre-COVID. How, how have things progressed? And especially as you've dove into your PhD program and, and how much time do you have left there? Yeah, so um, as far as my doctoral program, that's been going pretty good. Um, 
been working on a dissertation. I've been doing practicum. Um, it's been going great. I have, uh, th including the semester that's already, you know, that's already started earlier this month, I have three semesters left. All right. Uh, and then once I finish that, I'll be on to the next place, wherever that may be. I'll figure that out probably later this year, early next year. And what's it in? Remind remind the, the listeners what you're you're getting your doc, doctorate in. Yes, so um, I'm a doctoral candidate, uh, a clinical psychology doctoral candidate. Wow, yeah. that's something. <laughs> that's yeah. a big deal, man. Yeah, no, um, and actually, it's kind of funny because you know, with the sort of the, the demands and the rigor of the program, it's it's funny. It's actually kind of forced me to some weeks um, train in terms of frequency, like less days. So, you know, when I was in high school and even in undergrad, I like to train, you know, four or five days a week comfortably, you know. Um, but in this program where things are a bit more demanding and you're juggling a million things all the time, um, three days often seems like, in terms of like, not only time, but just straight up energy, three days just is so much more feasible. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll do four if I can, but three usually three is, is generally it. Yeah. Well, and you, that's a really good example of what we talked about earlier, uh, learning that skill. And I can tell you there's a large percentage of people who would have a very hard time overcoming the mental hurdle of having to train one day less a week to make things work out in their life. And I think it's really valuable for them to hear that the, the guy at the highest level in our sport has adjusted his life to help achieve all the goals that he has and not not burn out doing it right. So that's a really yeah. good example of the adjustments you made. No, it's it's totally it's doable. It's totally doable and possible. Um, just really, I like I kind of actually like this system where I lift three days a week because it's it's only, the approach is different. I mean, I know some people, you know, like like you said, you know, they sort of have these difficulties with adjusting to a yeah. day less. For me, it it's almost like it it does more in creating this like sense of urgency and desperation. Like I need to make each one of these days count you know, no matter what. So I just like just started having these strings of like ridiculously good, you know, sessions. And even when I don't have a great session, I just tell myself, you know, it's not the end one, it's not the end of the world. It's a single day out of a lot of days, but two, you know, I'm also going to have, you know, three days to rest for the next one. So I'll probably yeah. feel better by then. And I usually, that's usually the trend. That's what ends up, ends up happening. Um, so I get adequate rest because some of the objective loads that I like lift lately, can be pretty, you know, are pretty taxing. That is a factor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the extra and added recovery from, you know, kind of pushing harder just three days a week rather than four or five actually has been really good. I think physically, and I can still keep up, you know, with like cardio, with calisthenics, with everything else. For um, your PT so. that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's, it's been relatively, it's been a relatively successful sort of model for me. Sounds good. I'm on that 1.5 day program. You ever heard of it? <laughs> go in once, work out kind of hard, then go in another day, have the greatest antenna working out, look around the gym a bit, do a curl or two, and then go get a beer after the 1.5 program. <laughs> I'm going to market it. It's going to be great for mental health. <laughs> yeah. If things get any busier, I may have to adopt a 1.5. Yeah. <laughs> 1.5. I better trademark that. Someone's going to steal it from me. It's for that recovering power lifter who's a little over the whole game and is just trying to maintain the muscle mass they have. Anyway, let's get back to talking about you. So what what are some of the the things on your horizon this year? You've done the pro series. Are you going to be at the Arnold? Are you doing nationals? 
you going out there to take all the money from everyone? What's the plan? Um, yeah, so I actually do plan on doing the Arnold. Um, so that's actually the meet that I'm preparing for right now. So I'm pretty oh, excited. Good. I'll see you there. I'll be there. Oh, awesome. So yeah. Oh yeah. I'll see you at the Arnold. Um, I'm yeah, doing that in Vegas. Well, of um, course it's in Vegas and I'll be there too. I ain't lifting. I'm helping. <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing Vegas things, you know, like everyone else. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm like, even if I were broken and out for the fight, I'd still go. Cause <laughs> yeah, baby Vegas. USAPL. Yeah. So that's very exciting. Um, can't wait for that. So I'll be there. And then I know in December I am going to do a Virginia pro again. And then Arnold 2023, which is, I think is, is supposed to be sort of the culminating event. It'll be the culmination. The, yeah. Yep. Yep. So those, um, now just given the frequency of times that I compete for me, nationals in June to the Virginia pro in December is a long time, six months. Yeah. So I may do a meet in between <laughs> as, as training. Of course, as training, you won't, yeah. you won't show the cards. Maybe, maybe two cards, but not all five, right? Yeah. Yeah, not everything. Like, if I could go do even a meet, like, you know, the Pioneer that they host in Texas or something, like, if I could yeah. do any in between, like, that would, that would be great. The Pioneer, fun fact, you know, um, it's like $6,500 for, you know, whoever wins it. Um, not, a, not a bad deal. No. Know, not a fucking paycheck. Um, but, you know, I'm, but I guess sort of, but that kind of, I kind of want to segue from that to something else real quick, though. Um, yeah. I, say that you know kind of half jokingly but i do want to say that you know it's really cool that the usapl sort of putting on like this pro series and you know they're starting sort of at a manageable pace um lucrative but not you know going sort of all in you know um or we can repeat it yeah like we could do half a million but we got to be able to sustainable yeah 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 so i like the model that that it's sort of this again gradual build up you know and this whole gradual buildup idea is just so relevant across so many topics. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think the, this pro series is shaping up to be really well. I think that um, there's more competition in it for me personally. And for me, the ultimate sort of driver and deciding factor of where I like to compete is where it's going to be most competitive. And right now it's like the pro series in particular will be a lot more competitive for me than sort of like doing, you know, the IPF. Yeah, and I mean, you getting there naturally is great. I didn't have to throw you a softball, so thank you for. I was going to ask you, you know, you obviously had a choice to make earlier this year, late last year, and you know, you've gone with the pro series with USA Powerlifting. Obviously, the drug-free ethos is super important to you, but as a competitor, you want to go against the best, and and you know, it's here. Who who are you looking forward to competing against? Oh man, there's there's a list of guys that are just developing like crazy. Um, I know my friend, you know, some of them are on my team, actually, that live with me. So there's uh, Brandon Petrie, there's um, Bob Matthews. Um, and then outside of that, there's also Rondell Hunt, who is an absolute beast. You know? Yeah, he is. And, um, and I, I would say those three guys especially, and there's others as well. But but right now, when I look at the playing field, like in terms of that 242, 220 weight class, those those three guys are, you know, phenomenal competition um and i know they're going to be pushing the envelope and they're training you know as hard as they possibly can to beat me and i know this so you know it oh yeah that, that that urgency and desperation of like man if i don't get better i'm gonna lose <laughs> so um I'm and you're doing, doing 220 uh i'm doing 242 
Okay, yeah. I was good. That's I was gonna verify because like I I feel like two forty two is your your bread and butter for sure. Yeah, I think that'll be a great weight class for me to uh to sit at, um for a while. Two twenty is okay too. Like if I have, if there's a period of time where I have to like lose weight or cut or something, I would do two twenty. But two forty two is kind of where I want to solidify a lot of my sort of lifetime uh competitive powerlifting goals. A lot of legends in two forty two in history that that you're gonna be knocking yeah. on the door very soon yeah yeah so i'm very very excited for that um not a chance in hell i'll do 275 though uh, <laughs> come on in the water's fine at the heavier weight class i'm just kidding yeah. you're you're gonna be beefy enough at 242 uh let's yeah, let, let talk a bit about your progression i mean i've seen you you were shredded and incredibly full muscle bellied and jacked at 16 so I, you know, I've seen your development and I've never had any doubt you're drug free. You've beat all the tests. Sorry, beat. You've passed all the tests that you've ever been given. But I know one thing that you constantly face is people questioning your natural status. Let, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, by this point, I imagine you just roll your eyes and like laugh at them because you know who you are as a person and what you do. But like, what do you have to say to people out there who, who are questioning your natural status? Well, the first thing I would say is I think that there are people out there who are sort of genetically predisposed to, um, you know, just being more capable of, you know, packing on more muscle mass than others. I think that's one factor. I think another factor is, you know, um, sort of one's um, bone density, you know, is one innately, you know, I mean, because naturally, even before lifting, I've always had like sort of very dense bones. That's actually a pretty big factor, in my opinion, in powerlifting. Yeah. Um, another factor is that I've been training for almost 12 years now, as of this next month, February, it'll have been 12 years since I've started training and that's like consistent training. Oh, sorry. You're, 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 sorry. I'm on mute. Uh, training for powerlifting, but you've been lifting weights since you, you were 13. Yep. So 12 yeah, years so, as of next yeah. month. So I mean, oh, I've been lifting weights, you know, driving those adaptations for like 12 years now. And I've been pretty consistent. Uh, there haven't been periods of the longest period of time I've stopped lifting in the last 12 years is about a month. And that was when I was in Fort Knox for training and I didn't have access to weights. And I mean, and you were still PTing, right? They were PTing you? Yeah. I mean, I was carrying like a, a 70 pound ruck every day and like this big old, like 27 pounds. That reminds me, you used to, we were, I might've been in Texas at the time or, you know, we were in closer contact. So I was hearing your whole you were in ROTC and you were, you were like mm -hmm. rucking miles a day and you'd come in and you'd lift with us. And I just be like, how? And you're doing pull-ups <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, man, this guy's the truth. <laughs> I ain't shit. I'm over here struggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Those days were, some of those days were so brutal, but, um, but yeah, builds character. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been that, that kind of stuff for years, you know, I don't think people realize like, you know, I just don't think people understand that because a lot of people, you know, I don't think are as or have been as consistent as me as long as I've been consistent. With, like, or worked as hard as you, man. I, I don't typically like to like blame the hard work thing, but like you seriously outwork 99% of people. And yes, you have genetic predispositions to put on muscle at a better rate, blah, blah, blah. But you have great work ethic, man. No one can ever take that from you. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest factors or things that separates me from a lot of other people is, is just my will, my literal sort of sheer willingness to, to um, persevere and persistently pursue, you know, suffer. Um, 
you're, down, you're willing yeah. to suffer, right? Yeah, I'm willing to do a lot of things. <laughs> to get, uh, you know, <laughs> ethically, of course, to, to get where, you know. Of course, um, yeah. I mean, you're willing to yeah. pursue a higher level, the highest level of education to, to be a commissioned officer and to still train at a world-class level. And I think a lot of the, I don't want to say hate because like people love you, but if anyone who's ever like doubting anything about you, I think it comes from a place of their minds blown number one. So they have to justify what they're seeing with their eyes by saying he cut corners or he cheated. Um, and that that's just like a knee jerk reaction emotionally that, that people in our sport have had since the beginning of time. So if it wasn't you, it would be someone else, you know? So I think you've, you've carried it all with such grace. I've never seen anyone get a rise out of you. You know, you, you are a class act as an athlete and we love to see that, right? Like as good as you are, Ashton, you could go out there and be, be a jerk, but you're not. And you, you are just yourself. And I think that that's a great, great thing to have. And I mean, I've seen it since you were a young boy. So it's been really great to be friends this long and to see your progression and to see you maintain that character that you have. So I just want to applaud you for having such grace as you've excelled and as you're going to continue to get stronger, you know, it's going to be even uh, more prominent, I think, to people. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And, you know, I think a big, a big part of that too is, um, you know, when, when people sort of come at me with these, you know, sort of accusations and claims, I, you know, as you've alluded to, I, I keep generally a very level head about things. I don't like to overreact um, I don't like to publicly make an ass of myself, <laughs> even if I felt like doing it, it's just not worth, it's just not worth it, you know? Yeah. And again, like, you know, some of these people may be coming from, you know, a negative place or don't want to see me do well, but there's some people out there that I think genuinely, none of that is the issue. They just genuinely believe that I'm just, for whatever reason, not, you know, natural. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go around and, you know, berate them or hate them or act obnoxious towards them or anything like that i'm just not going to give anyone that that time of the day or, or my energy to, yeah. for that so when, when we think about powerlifting from a longevity perspective you obviously have have thought about it and you're in for the long haul one day though you know you'll lift your last weight and i want you to think about that day right now and think about when the when the the wind's hitting your face and you're all gray and old, what do you want to have done in powerlifting? Oh man, yeah. So um, it's so funny because powerlifting is such a it's such an object. Like it's, I mean, there's obviously nuances with the lifts and whatever, but yeah. If you just look at powerlifting in its bare essence, it's an objective numbers based sort of game. Yeah. And, me a lot of my goals within powerlifting you know um and some people may not particularly agree with this but a lot of my goals are are numbers based <laughs> um you know some people are like oh i just like want to be a better version of me every day and this and that and i think that's wonderful there's nothing wrong with that yeah you know and i think that can certainly be a part of it even if your your goals are also you know objective in terms of numbers but for me you know um i've always wanted to hit a 900 squat i've always wanted to hit a thousand deadlift i've always wanted to hit a 500 bench and I recently hit the 500 pitch. I saw so, that. Uh, You're a jerk. Huge for me. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I saw that. Me. I'm like, oh, man. man. He, <laughs> he did it. Oh, and it looked easy, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I was just as shocked as, as a lot of folks were when they saw it. Um, it's, but, it's been there, man. I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised, right? Like, it's been there. You've just you just haven't loaded it. So congrats. That's a big one. It's a big milestone. Yeah. 
huge milestone. That was like a lifetime goal of mine. So now that I've actually kind of done that and buried it, that's that's big. I might have to reassess sort of the goal there. But um, the squat and the deadlift, I feel like I'm not too far in ways off in terms of strength, but how long exactly it'll take to get there, I can't really predict. Crazy. Um, yeah, you're not too far off a 1,000 deadlift or 900 squats. Wild, man. I can't believe we're talking about that. Yeah, but if I can hit those numbers, man, like for, I mean, I've hit the 500 bench, so if I can hit the other two, that will be like for me, that would be monumental. Like I, I would be comfortable not competing again if I hit all three of those. And you're you're 24, or you're 25. 24. I turn 25 next month. Well, okay, you're 25, and you're already yeah, man. You stay healthy. You keep doing what you're doing. I don't see that being a problem for you, and that, that's pretty incredible. And I think it's great you already have those ideas in your mind because some people get on this journey, like you said, for different varying reasons. And for you, the, the numbers are motivation for others. It's competing against themselves. For me, it was winning things. And I, I had a, a small stint where I did and like, I'm at peace now in my career, like, ah, I don't have anything to prove. I did what I wanted to. And now I can do that 1.5 day program and still be happy, you know, uh, yeah, and happiness, like, uh, happiness is a big thing. That's huge. That's so huge. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, even after I kind of hang up and, and not really sort of compete at the, the high level of powerlifting nearly as often or at all, even, you know, I might still, you know, do a local meet every now and then, you know, for fun, or I'm still definitely going to train. I mean, I'm pretty much going to be training lifelong as, as much as I can. Yeah, you'll have to feed those muscles, man. They got to, they, they can't just sit there. I mean, look at them. Yeah, how do you, I, oh yeah. How I, do you eat by the way, to maintain 242? Let's talk about that. Pretty good. I eat pretty good. That's, that's my answer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> diet, like, like super, how supers eat, like whatever we want, or are you eating just loads and loads of, of lean meats and rice and noodles and stuff? Oh, both, man. Like I, um, last night I had like lobster and like shrimp and scallops. Lobster. Oh, yeah, you're, using lobster. That, you're using that check you got <laughs> at the pro <laughs> to, buy the, to get your lobster and crab leg yeah, fix, aren't you? For the lobster dinners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love that kind of stuff. Um, I also do, you know, lean meats, but I also like, you know, um, you know, Texas heart, I love big ass steaks, you know, rare, medium, rare. I mean, barbecue meat. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I probably eat like right now between 3,800 to 4,200 calories a day. That's so if I'm like, yeah. yeah, if I'm aggressively trying to gain though, I can definitely eat more, but um, that's a pretty good, usually a pretty good range to slowly gain weight, like over a long period of time, which is kind of what I've done. Um, so like right now, I'm, I'm usually in the mornings, like two 30. Um, so I haven't put on really, I mean, are you going to try to eat up to that, that two forty ish mark or so, or are you going to just kind of mm -hmm. let your body yep. be where it is now? Okay. You are going to eat up. Okay. Yeah. Just very slowly though. It'll probably yeah. take uh, maybe like a year. Maybe less. I don't know. It depends on, on if I if, if I kind of just start taking off again. But there have been like periods of time where you know it's just slowly, slowly coming on, and then I pack on like three or four really fast, and then you know just slowly, okay. Yeah. Slowly. Um, so that's been working, but it's also been working doing it kind of gradually, just because again, you like you know with with running and, and rucking or you know um, calisthenics, and everything else, you know, staying in good shape. Like I'm still able to do all those things as I put on, you know. Um, weight and mass, you know, keep a good, um, keep good cardiovascular health, you know, make sure all my health in general is just really good. Um, and it is, it's, you know, it's great. So it's been working. Wonderful, man. Well, it's been about 40 minutes and I think this is a really great 
time for us to sign off, leave, leave a bit of mystery. We can have you back on in the future, but I think people yeah. have gained a lot of insight into Ashton, the person, into your training, uh, into your approach to life. And we're excited for your journey uh, towards your doctorate and in powerlifting. And we're going to get to see you a few times this year at the Arnold and at Nationals and then back at the Virginia Pro. Thank you so much again for your time. And if you want to give any last best wishes or pro tips to anyone, now's the moment. Okay. All I have to say is just um, drive on. Drive, drive on, on folks. Ashton okay. says, keep working hard. You can do it. He believes in you. And when you see him at the Arnold, don't be afraid to come up and say, hey, he's a really cool guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Anybody and everyone's welcome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ashton. This has been another episode of the USA Powerlifting Podcast, and we'll see you next time.